Support for this podcast and the following message come from Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey. Jack Daniels is the oldest, mellowest, whiskiest whiskey, and every drop is made in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Jack Daniels, turning nights into stories since 1866. Please drink responsibly. Where do you go to get name brand music at a fraction of retail cost? <laughs> All songs considered. considered. So, you know, there's so many things that public radio is, right? Yeah. Caring journalism, we got that, right? Yeah. Perspective, I learn a lot all the time I listen. But the one thing I think we do, joy. Yep. I think we've asked for money four times in our in our 18, 19 year history, right? Right. So this matters. So here's what you do. Go to donate.npr.org slash all songs, donate.npr.org slash all songs and make an investment in the, the future of this show. And when you give to the public radio system, you are telling them that the little bit of joy that we try to bring into the world matters to you. Right. So giving to your station supports what we do as well as supports what your station does. And, and that's a beautiful thing. And that's like 18 years of All Songs Considered. That's 800 tiny desk concerts. Bands, musicians, they trust NPR. That's why they take a chance and play like in an office in the daytime. And that trust and that credibility lets them take chances with us. So when you support public radio, you're saying that truth matters, that the honesty matters, that credibility matters to you. Um, and when you support public uh, radio, you're saying that these conversations that we have about music matter to you and the companionship you get through the podcast matter to you. So again, it's donate.npr.org slash all songs. Thank you. Happy Friday, everyone, from NPR Music and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I am here with Rodney Carmichael. Hey, Rodney. Hey, what up, Robin? Sydney Madden. Hi, Robin. And Lindsay McKenna. Hey, Robin. And we're doing a quick run through the Essential albums out on November 30th, starting with the 1975 and their latest, A Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships. This is the 1975. Their new album is A Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships, and this track is called Two Time, Two Time, Two Time. Two Time, Two Time, Two Time. This is our final New Music Friday uh, of 2018, so you all have the, the distinct honor we made of, it, guys. of being a on privilege. this episode. Nice. Um, <laughs> we've covered a lot of highly anticipated albums throughout this year, and this is certainly one of them. It is. So, the 1975. 
They are this British group from Manchester fronted by Maddie Healy. They played together as teenagers in various bands and they had a couple of pretty big singles off their first record. And over the course of their career, they've been a little bit of a lightning rod, I think. For instance, their last record, the title was I Like It When You Sleep For You Are So Beautiful And Yet So Unaware Of It. (laughs) So what kind of band has the audacity to do something like that? Well, it's Maddie Healy's band. So this record... It really does grapple with connection to the modern age, but more than that, it talks a lot about Maddie Healy's experience with heroin addiction and rehab. So that song that you just heard was sort of this bubbly pop track. There's a couple of others that are like rambly meditations on on the digital age. So Give Yourself a Try is a little bit of that. Right at the center, there's Love It If We Made It. There's that partial quote from the Trump Access Hollywood video and the Thank You Kanye Very Cool line, which is just the punctuation on that. It's like, ah, it just hits. Maddie talked about the process of making that song, and he had someone from his record label that he runs collect tabloids and use the headlines, and it got too absurd. And I think that that really taps into exactly what's going on on this record. Well, you talk about how absurd a lot of this gets and how absurd he can be, but really this record, to me, what I like most about it is it feels like a real rejection of cynicism, and he does bear his soul, and even though some of it may seem ridiculous, he really is rejecting just like how overly connected we are and how being overly connected can breed cynicism, right? Right. And uh, there's this great cut on it that shows the chances that they take on this record called The Man Who Married a Robot. This is a story about a lonely, lonely man. He lived in a lonely house, on a lonely street, in a lonely part of the world. But of course, he had the internet. The internet, as you know, was his friend. You could say, his best friend. They would play with each other every day, watching videos of humans doing all sorts of things, having sex with each other, informing people on what was wrong with them and their life, playing games with young children at home with their parents. One day the man, whose name was at Snowflake Smasher 86, turned to his friend the internet and he said internet, do you love me? The internet looked at him and said yes. I love you very 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 much. I am your best friend. In fact, I love you so much that I never ever want us to be apart ever again ever I would like that said the man. And so they embarked on a life together. Wherever the man went, he took his friend. The man and the internet went everywhere together, except of course the places where the internet could not go. They went to the countryside. They went to birthday parties of the children of some of his less important friends. Different countries. Even the moon. It's kind of funny, but also just so heartbreaking. Right. Because this is the this is reality for so many people, where the internet is their best friend in the whole world. And please, please tell me that you just love me. There's a lot to it, and I think I think that if you're not a fan, or if you really want to find something to dislike about this band, right here you have it. Like that statement. The 1975 Have a Song About the Internet, personified, delivered in a robo-voice. It's actually the British Siri, is what um, Maddie Healy told David Green in the Morning Edition interview. You're probably going to roll your eyes. But then at the end, spoiler alert, it ends with a death. And that just really cuts to this strange reality of what it's like to live in 2018. In that same interview, Maddie said, if you're writing about relationships and how they're mediated in the modern world, then you're inherently writing a record about the internet. The record's a brief inquiry into online relationships from the 1975, and I I think it's a real journey listening to it, and I I love it. I don't know how to make a transition to this one, but uh, from the 1975, let's go to the rapper Meek Mill and his new album, Championship. This shit right here for my oodles and oodles, babies. 
His mom was smoking crack while she was pregnant, so he can't even help that he crazy. He going to jail, it's inevitable. For real. Ain't had nobody to give me no hope. I hope my mama ain't doing no coke. I used to wish that my daddy was living. I had a dream that I seen him a ghost. I used to act up when I went to school. Thought it was cool, but I really was hurt. One of my family to cut in my games. My mama could make it cause she was at work. Remember my grandma, she took me to church. Really no, I ain't wanna go. Remember I kissed my aunt in the casket and her forehead was cold. I was like four years old. We couldn't afford no clothes. It was hand me down. Who would think a nigga get a Grammy now? Got a black judge trying to tear me down. All this jail time probably wear me down. Turn the lights off in the bathroom. Screaming bloody, bloody, bloody man now. Having nightmares about Candyman. With the tool on me like a handyman. Kill my little cousin, I'm like, damn it, man. Had to see the footage on the cameraman. On the pavement with his brains out. With the white sheet, he was laid out. Wanna ask, yeah, is this a choice? It was like this when I came out. What the fuck is you really complaining about? I know niggas that's never gonna make it out. This that shit you won't see in the media. Pookie pulling the rich getting greedier. A lot of daddies gonna back for a jail, a lot of sun growing up and repeating her. Just the belly the beast, you won't make it out. Man, this shit was designed to eat us up. And my mama told me, nigga, keep it up. You gon' end up in prison just sleeping up. Remember, nobody never believed in us. When they see us now, they can't believe it's us. No. I think it's funny how we used to go to school, play Sega's. And then next thing you know, you run around with Glock 40s. We ain't never believed in the police. They was shooting us. Yeah. They called it a Meek Mill, his new album is called Championship, and this uh, song's called Oodles O' Noodles, babies. Uh, Philly rapper, Rodney, a, a guy who's been in so many legal problems over the years, it's hard to know where to even start, but um, this past spring he was released f- from prison uh, where he was serving time for a parole violation, and he, he quickly dropped an EP called Legends of the Summer, and he's got this full album out now, and he's also really gotten into prison reform. He's become a real activist for that. Yeah, I mean, Meek is in a really interesting position right now. I got to see him recently in conversation at Georgetown University with law professor Mark Howard. And, you know, I tell you, he's really the first to admit that he's the most unlikely activist ever. He doesn't even like using the word activist to describe what he's doing. And I think in a lot of ways, the stories that he tells and the reality that he represents, it really reflects the kind of ugly inequality that America's been disowning for for so many generations. You know, this song, Oodles of Noodles Babies, is kind of his reference to kids that grew up in the crack era, right? And, you know, a lot of those kind of struggles that we kind of tend to think of when we think of kids in the inner city in the 80s, the Reagan era, the politics and the socioeconomics of it all that kind of in a lot of ways have shaped what we've considered to be so much of rap music. You know, and this is a music that a lot of times rappers like Meek have been criticized for delivering these stories. And what's funny to me is that Meek doesn't really even have to change his music to feel this this new role that he's playing. Right. Because it's almost like his struggles with the law and the unfairness of him being on probation for a decade, for instance. It's really given us a new way to listen to the music that he's been making from the very beginning. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. If he, if he came out, he, he certainly seems like he came out of prison. And he, and he wasn't in for a long time. I don't know how, how many months it, it was. But right. that it definitely seems like it changed him, you know, in, in a lot of ways. But I'm not sure it changed his music. It, it didn't have to. It's kind of funny, you know, we we had this era of really super political rap and rap figures in the 80s, you know, it's kind of this really conscious and pro-black era where artists 
that really was what they stood for and that was their campaign and in a lot of ways the kind of rap you know we, we've called it gangster rap in the past or whatever but the kind of rap that meek represents we don't think of as political but in a lot of ways it really is and so he kind of got pushed to the forefront to kind of represent this thing that's happening and you know he's kind of galvanizing this movement and i think a lot of people want him to to kind of be this figurehead but for him it's it's just kind of living his life and, and seeing his life all of a sudden be something that people are actually interested in um in a way that you know for so long has been dismissed is is, is really kind of ironic i think for him you know, and when, when you see him on stage talking with professors or he seems sort of out of place sometimes and yeah. he's the first to acknowledge that. I love um, that he acknowledges that. Yeah, I do, he, too. Yeah. Because if he just came out and he was like, I am a change man. This is what I want to do. Put an S on my chest for prison reform in America and didn't own up to the fact that all of his previous work and all of his previous artistic outputs weren't really about that. It would seem so disingenuous. But I think yeah. that's why people are continuing to root for him and this album. Definitely. That's Meek Mill. His new album is called Championship. Just one more record before we take a quick break, and it comes from the Atlanta rapper J.I.D. His new record is called DiCaprio 2. Y'all niggas need to lay off the drugs Some of y'all need to lay off the dope My niggas getting it straight off the boat Pure cup, put it straight to your nose I ain't nosy, but I know what I know Mr. Know-it-all, oh here you go I'm the goat, I never go with the flow Throwing shots, boys blow for a blow I'm the nigga, kick the dough with the dough I'm the nigga, fuck the hoe with the hoe I'm the nigga, lit the blunt with the blunt I'ma get it cause I want what I want I'ma say the shit again and again I'ma go and put the shit to an end I'm the six with the pencil with pen Hit the blunt and mix the hand with the weight I'ma go ahead and lay off the zans I'ma fall back sipping the lean I gotta make sure my vision is clear Oh God knows now it is seen Six, five, four, one, two, three Four, five, two, you know me You don't want smoke, so what it's gonna be? Gotta watch what you say when you looking at me Looking at God, looking for leaders, looking for kings Look at the pain in your eyes, nigga, look where we been Look at our wins, look at our sins, and look at our skin I've been on no frenzy, been trying to give me a benz And your fuzzy ass lens won't fuck up the ends Oh God, know where are my friends? Lord forgive me, yeah, I need to repent My blood need to lay off the drugs Yeah, God they ain't praying enough Niggas die, we ain't saying enough Cops fire, stock pile of rock wallet Tell my little niggas lay off the stuff Ronald Reagan, I can't thank him enough Nah, I'm playing nigga racist, fuck So my nigga, if he left a pack of sports J.I.D., the record's DiCaprio 2 The song's off the zoinkies, man <laughs> This one actually came out a little bit earlier this week But we won't penalize it for not officially coming out on Friday And Sydney, I know this is one that you were really loving Yeah, I was very vocal about this album This is one of my favorite albums of the year uh, so yeah, J.I.D. is an East Atlanta rapper, and even though Atlanta has become kind of synonymous with the sound of trap, you can tell that J.I.D. is highly lyrical. He officially signed to J. Cole's Dreamville label in 2017, and this is his second album on the label. And you know who he reminds me of? J.I.D. is that kid in your high school gym class who, when it's time to run the time mile, he just laps everybody in the class. But this is even after you saw him smoking cigarettes behind the building 30 minutes before. Everybody hates that kid. But it's like, 
It's not saying he's not trying, but it just comes off so effortless. And there's yeah. a certain level of natural talent that's undeniable. And you're mm. like, really? So that's who he always reminds me of. And every time I hear a song by him, my heart rate starts to go up because I'm like, wow, I'm trying to lap him time out. I'm like, I can't even keep up with him. You know, I have to rerun the song. I have to replay the song so much just to keep up with him. That's how I feel. Yeah, that's that's some pretty rapid fire flow. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and it, the album's called DiCaprio 2 because it's a follow-up to his 2015 EP, DiCaprio, which really raised his profile locally in Atlanta. Now, J.I.D. claims Leonardo DiCaprio is one of his favorite actors, and he identifies with him because the actor has become an A-list, like upper echelon, but he didn't get awarded his first Oscar until 2016. So J.I.D., he identifies with the narrative being of being so acclaimed for years and critically loved, but at the same time, serially underrated. But getting back to the music, J.I.D.'s delivery is so intriguing because it's like jittery, but also very confident. He's a storyteller who can syncopate his voice with this wild chest bumping bass, or he can sit back and give you like a calm delivery with an acutely observant breakdown about how he can predict his girl's every move when they're in an argument. And sometimes he does this thing where he's exasperating himself so much because he wants to get every little detail out in the verse. And it's because of all these characteristics that a lot of people are comparing him to a young Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, he reminds me of Kendrick a lot, actually, with the flow. And, you know, for a second, I was kind of, you know, trying to figure out if if that was something I felt like I should penalize him for. But when I realized in terms of content, how far apart they are in terms of the kind of stuff he's talking about, you know, and, and you know, the way he frames his life, his story is so much different than Kendrick's. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like it's a, it's a minor thing in, in some ways in comparison. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's exciting that a rapper younger than Kendrick, like Kendrick is, what, 30 years old right now? He's in his prime time. He's in absolute go mode. J.I.D. is a little bit younger, and you can tell that Dreamville is really fostering their own version of a mini Kendrick. When if you look on the other side, TDE, Top Dog Entertainment, which is the label that Kendrick releases music under, they're not really having anybody that brings that and like and shows the next generation of coming up, like who's gonna be the next Kendrick, who's gonna be the next Cole, who's gonna be the next Drake. You know, like this is the first little spark to be like, Wow, this is this is the next lyrical king. Well, uh, I hadn't heard of J.I.D. before you brought him to me, and he was an immediately distinctive voice. Awesome. Uh, yeah, DiCaprio 2 is the record. We still have a couple more albums that we want to highlight on this week's New Music Friday, but first let's take a short break, and we'll be right back. Support for this NPR podcast comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, family-owned, operated, and argued over since 1980. Proud supporter of independent thought, whether that's online, over the air, or in a bottle. More at SierraNevada.com. It's New Music Friday from All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with Rodney Carmichael, Sidney Madden, and Lindsay McKenna. We start the second half of the show off with Alessia Cara and her new album, The Pains of Growing. Do you recall the days at your old place Playing with troll dolls to scare the kids away My closet was a time machine, yours a stage I wish we told those little girls they're gonna be okay Still picture it all in my mind Making the campfire out of broken flashlights Jealous of your high tops cause someone stole mine Wish somebody would've told me that we'd be alright my kind of times meant to carelessly spend And my kind of nights are the ones that don't end and my kind of fun doesn't make any sense And my kind of love you won't 
like the one about the crash humid French guy. And what about you, Mr. Poetry? And what about all that we built in just a couple weeks? Talking about our love, our fears through a cracked screen. Picking little fights over falling asleep. I wish you knew I loved you when you knew you loved me. Really wish I knew you sooner than my twenties. My kind of times meant to carelessly spend, and my kind of nights are the ones that don't end. My kind of fun doesn't make any sense, and my kind of love you won't ever forget. My kind of times meant to carelessly spend, and my kind of nights are the ones that don't end. Alessia Carr is the singer. The Pains of Growing is the new album. This song's my kind. And man, she can really capture a moment that feels so universal in just these tiny little details. Absolutely. I think that it's really clear from what you decided to play there that this is a Buildings Roman. It's a coming of age record that it really like captures what it feels like to be, you know, she's 22. She wrote this when she was 21. And she still lives at home with her parents and writes songs in her childhood bedroom. Still lives at home. Yeah. Still lives at home. She's a 22-year-old Canadian singer-songwriter, like I said. But like the 1975, kind of has this millennial attitude toward genre. Mm-hmm. There's a sense of exploration, I think, throughout the record. But there's also a playfulness to it that I think that she's really coming to terms with what it means to be coming of age um, on the first single growing pains. She says growing pains are keeping me up at night and I think anyone can kind of relate to that feeling. But there's also a real sense of excitement to it. It still feels so full of life. I think so much pop music like this sounds like it was manufactured in some sort of corporate office. And I think what draws me to her music is that it's not. In this case, it's very genuine. Right. And you can feel, you can sense that honesty when you hear it. And it makes me connect with it a whole lot more. And I also love how positive it is. There's so many young people who feel like they were seen and heard for the first time through listening to her music. Totally. It's been very unifying. And there's a sense of her being okay with being a little awkward. And I really, yeah. I think that that's something to be embraced and it's not something that you're right. Like it's not addressed in pop music that there's often people talk about the sheen and the slickness. But I think here you've got the sense of the, that it's okay. That like That to me feels like a really overriding theme. Alessia Carr is the singer. Her new album is The Pains of Growing. We've got one more album to talk about for this week's New Music Friday, but first there are a few other notable releases for November 30th I want to mention. Jeff Tweedy's new solo album, Warm, is out today. You can hear him talk all about it. Uh, and also about his new book and a conversation with Bob Boylan that we posted earlier this week. Fox Warren's self-titled album is out now. This is uh, the new project from Andy Schauf. There's a new live album from Neil Young called Songs for Judy. It was recorded from a 1976 performance. And there's a new album from Lil Baby called Street Gossip. All those records out on November 30th, along with this one from Earl Sweatshirt. It's called Some Rap Songs. Imprecise words. Yeah. I was 
sinking. Ain't nobody tell me I could leave. Yeah, we went again, see them within. Seeing teeth on the floor, leaking again. We hold the door, uh, we build the bridge. We hold the core, send a cease and desist to your thieves, nigga. Please do a board, I could feel when you're forcing it. Still in the board rhythm. Boy, I take the torches and go and get some decent decor. Is you gon' rip it or will you jump? Get some more ribbons for the born winners from the jump. Niggas don't listen to their whole mission was a bust. No sit up. This is Earl Sweatshirt and his new record that I think is just brilliantly titled Some Rap Songs. Uh, and this cut is called Shattered Dreams. This is the third album uh, for him, following Doris, that came out in 2013, and I Don't Like Shit, I Don't Go Outside, that came out in 2015. And I have probably listened to this album more than any of the other albums we're featuring this week. And um, it's a curious one. Rodney, I'm wondering what you make of it. Well, yeah, curious indeed. I mean... Like that first song that we're listening to on Earl's new album, it actually begins with a quick vocal sample that says imprecise words. And I think that's really like an instruction manual for this album. Yeah. You know, Earl's always been this extraordinary rapper and lyricist. He's the early prodigy of the group Odd Future, obviously. But what he's really trying to convey here, I think has a lot less to do with precision than imperfection. You know, he seems to be like in this in-between space in life. Again, like this child prodigy rapper who comes of age under the spotlight. He's an adult now, and he's really dealing with some adult stuff. I mean, you know, his dad died earlier this year. He relocated to New York for a while, then came back to California. And more than anything, I think he sits between these two generations in hip-hop. It's the older one that appreciates the kind of intricate lyricism that he came in with early on. And then there's the younger one that gets off on a vibe more yeah. than words. Yeah, totally. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the rap in this really feels pushed to the background almost. It's mm-hmm. like, it's an exercise in uh, minimalism. Yeah. It's like 15 tracks in 25 minutes, I think. Yeah, uh, it's pretty crazy. And uh, it doesn't feel like amateurish rap to me. It feels intentional. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I feel like this album is an attempted bridge in a lot of ways between a lot of these extremes you know that he's representing artistically and aesthetically but also that he's dealing with in his personal life trying to make sense of that and it's a really shaky bridge which I think like you say is exactly what Earl's intending Yeah, and I think he gets points for that you know I think that there's this idea of an artist who is very superior at a thing and sometimes when he pulls back from that thing and attempts to do something else we think maybe he's stumbling yeah. but you know I, I think it's a, I think it's a, a, a kind of a clever thing that he's attempting to do and I think one through storyline that you mentioned earlier Rodney is his relationship with his father mm-hmm. they they didn't have a strong relationship and they were actually due to reunite and possibly reconcile before his father died right there's a cut on the record called Playing Possum that has uh, his father's voice and his mother's voice on it. And Earl was going to surprise his father with this recording. And then his father passed away before he could get it to him. Yeah. It's really heartbreaking. Earl Sweatshirt and the new album is called Some Rap Songs. That will do it for our 2018 New Music Fridays. We have a whole lot of year-end coverage coming yes. up in December. We <laughs> Top 50 albums as selected by NPR Music, top 100 songs, 
and so much more of the year in review from All Songs Considered. But thank you, Sydney Madden. Thank you. Rodney. Thanks so much, Robin. And Lindsay McKenna. Thank you, Robin. A reminder to tell your friends about the program and follow me on Twitter at N-P-R-O-B-I-N. To see a list of the albums we talked about, check out the podcast description for this episode. You can also go to npr.org slash all songs. You can hear full versions of the songs we featured from these records and a whole lot of other great releases in the new Music Friday playlist from NPR Music. Go to npr.org slash Spotify or open the Spotify app and search for NPR Music. And for NPR Music, I'm Robin Hilton. Be well, have a great weekend, and Treat yourself to lots of great music.